Netting podcast, the place where we discuss all the latest goings on in the world of football, play a couple of games, and almost definitely go off on a tangent or two. I'm joined as always by my friend, my cousin, but most importantly, my co-host, Kieran Burke. Kieran, how are we getting on? Good evening to you, pal. I am doing well. I'm a, I'm a bit thrown off. It's obviously earlier than the usual uh, the usual slot, so uh, I'm getting getting my bearings this evening. Um, yeah, what a week to be coming straight off the back of the Premier League. Usually, oh. it's a it's a preview action. I think I don't know if we picked a good weekend or a bad weekend to be reviewing based on the fact that I am still, <laughs> still what are we, three days removed, completely and utterly rattled. I I'm mad enough to admit that every waking moment of my last seventy two hours have been filled with <clears throat> rattling anger. Oh. At that Arsenal-Newcastle game. So let's just get straight into it. Yeah, I I think we could do this pod in a month's time and I'd still be pissed about it. Sometimes time doesn't heal. No, and this one, time will not heal. I I am as angry as Mikel Arteta after the weekend. What We'll sort of set it up. So for anyone that is somehow listening to a Premier League podcast and hasn't seen the Arsenal game from the weekend... Newcastle scored a goal that potentially the ball could have been out. Potentially Anthony Gordon could have been offside. Potentially Joe Linton could have handballed in the build-up. Potentially Joe Linton could have fouled Gabriel in the build-up to the goal. And the referee thought, nah, fuck it, give him it. Four, oh. four reasons to disallow it, but yeah. it's banter to not. So yeah, What I'll say is I'm happy to concede on the ball being out or not being out. I'm I'm happy enough to... Sort of, you always see those angles where it's different from above to the side. I can concede that. I can even just about concede the offside, as sometimes you do get difficulties with the angle and the way that they were all stood. I can half understand that. The foul, absolutely not. I that that's the tipping point for me. The other one, if it was just the ball, I'd be like fair enough. If it was just the the offside, I'd be like fair enough. But that all combined together with the foul. Yeah, I am incandescent with rage. The thing is, for me, it's the offside as well, because the reason they didn't give it offside is because they weren't sure Joe Linton made contact with the ball. Yeah. How clear do you want it? If you look at the replay, you can see he touches the ball and he handballs it, by the way, which is even worse. But oh, my God, it it's truly baffling, isn't it? And it's, it's actually quite hard to to talk about and find the words because They've seen, obviously, all the noise over it in the last few days and just the narrative now that, oh, Arsenal are playing the victim. Every club gets decision go against them. And that's the problem. They've gone too far. Liverpool asked for a replay the other week, <laughs> by the way. Can we remember that? No one, no one remembers that. All we've said is they're shit. They need to do their job better. And yep. it's unacceptable, which that... I think every other team would agree with. But because it's Arsenal, yeah. it gets flipped into oh, we're playing the victim. Oh, Mikel Arteta is this, he's that. It's, it's yeah. so That's the biggest annoying. problem. That is why none of this will ever get solved. That is why PGMOL will get away with it time after time after time. Because it's much funnier to laugh at your rivals, be it Arsenal or, as you say, Liverpool the other week, or whenever you look at Tottenham yesterday as a bad example because those decisions were correct. But... Tottenham all the same. It's much funnier to laugh when the rivals get decisions against them than actually step back and say, hold up, there's a massive problem with the officiating in this country that needs to get changed. And it's not just good enough to say, ah, everyone will get them. No, there's a massive issue at hand with the refereeing in this country. And VAR only plays a part of that. Because you think back to that Liverpool game, if there was no VAR, the liner would have got that call wrong. Like, yeah. There is a massive problem with refereeing, regardless of VAR in this country. You look at Anthony Taylor. The other week, he refereed the Wolves-Newcastle game, and he got a penalty decision terribly wrong. Another terrible penalty decision Wolves got this weekend again. And he was demoted down to the championship. He gave another awful penalty decision. And what game has he got this weekend? 
one of the biggest games of the weekend, Chelsea and Man City. Like, that's an issue. It's it's so ridiculous, isn't it? And I, th- I think we're in a circle now where the on-field referee is scared to make a decision, but then the VAR is scared to go against the ref's on-field decision. So the ref doesn't make the decision initially because he doesn't want to get it wrong and would rely on the VAR. Then the VAR is like, oh, I can't undermine the ref on-field. So... Yeah, looking to looking after their mates. Like you're not on a night out. Yeah, you don't need to protect your pal. That's literally what it is, though. But so look at Arsenal Newcastle. Okay, so nothing gets given, and then they look at four different incidences and decide we'll ju- we'll just leave it. That's that's what it felt like. We'll just yeah. leave it because because we we don't want to make a decision either way, so we'll just we'll go with it. And then Arteta comes out and he rightfully goes mad. And then you've got your Gary Neville's, Jamie Carragher, Michael Owen. Like, shit on If that was... Like, when it was Klopp the other week, Carragher backed him. The amount of times it's united, Neville backs him. It's it's this annoying tribalism still bleeding into punditry. And then Michael Owen's just... The other thing I saw today as well is who who co-presents that VAR show with Howard Webb? It's Michael Owen. He's not going to go against that. It's all bleeding into punditry now as well to try and protect protect the PGMOL. And that's ridiculous as of itself. And Neville's always been a big problem when Arsenal are concerned. It's like, that's always been a bit... Carragher, I'll, I'll give a lot more time to. I still think he's incorrect, but I'll give him a lot more time to. But Neville is just outright biased when it comes to Arsenal. Yeah. And the thing is, the problem is, you do get the feeling that some of these pundits just say things for, for a bit of attention. Because... Yeah. You look at that, I, I don't understand how you can watch a replay of that and not see it's a penalty. The, the only one where, you, okay, if the ball, if you're not sure the ball's out, you're not going to say that it's out because if you don't have the right angle, that's, that's fair enough. But there's been such a focus on that one element of it that people forget yeah. that he handballed it and he shoved him in the head with both yeah. hands. It's the start of a wider play. It, it's, it's like... They'd rather focus on that one one element as if that's the only thing we've got a right to be aggrieved about when Gabrielle's been shoved in the head yeah. from behind with both hands and it's hit Joel Linton's arm and the Gordon's offside. So yeah. The one thing I did see today that really made me laugh, it was a reply to Ian Wright, who was complaining about the foul, where someone said, he's got Gabrielle making the same move that played Garnacho offside. <laughs> 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 which did oh. which did get me. But even outside of that, and I'm sure we can continue talking about the penalty, but even outside of that, you've got the Bruno Gimaraish forearm oh. smash. Like he like he's a prime a prime WWE Intercontinental champion or something. Like Oh, don't get me started on that little rat bag. Because that's we, been we... blown under the carpet or swept under the carpet as well. Like no one's mentioning that. Apart from Gary Neville in the Tottenham game, did say Reese James is jumping up for a ball. And he catches someone. He's like, oh, that's just like the Bruno one. It's not. What are you watching? What are you talking about? There's one guy running across, smacking someone. There's another guy jumping for a ball. It's very different. You absolute monumental mank Egypt. Uh, The thing is as well, it's just anything to suit his little narrative. He bloody loves a narrative. You see him doing it in every game as well. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. But you see him planting little seeds at the beginning of games. The thing is as well, because he was on commentary for Arsenal Newcastle and, and at the time he was so adamant it's not a pen. I feel like he's not a pen. too what, proud. What, are you, what bit are you talking about? Sorry, Arsenal Newcastle game. Yeah. Um, he was so adamant it wasn't a penalty. Which, which one? The Is this the Inketia shirt pull? No, the... Uh... Or do you mean a foul in the middle to the goal? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, it, he was so adamant that it wasn't a foul yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, he was... That he yeah. he's too proud in himself to then watch it back and say, "Oh, I got that wrong." That's that's a hundred percent. Yeah, clearly a foul, and the shouldn't have goal shouldn't have been given. Yeah, hundred percent, and that that's a a bit of a problem. The proudness of him as a pundit, but regardless of that, regardless of the noise from the sports media, which is a big issue. You see, we'll we'll make, we'll might as well bleed this into talking Spurs Chelsea now, kids, because you saw in the reaction to that. Where, what is your, we'll start off with this. What's your opinion on the high line? Do you think it was naivety? 
Do you think How it was stubborn, or do you think it was brave, or do you think it was something else entirely? What's your opinion on that? That highlight. It was fucking stupidity. <laughs> like how how is this man? Okay, like we've said before, it's annoying how likable he is. But how he's get if that's any other manager, yeah, they get absolutely bashed. You're down to nine men. You're trying to cling on for a point, and you're sat on the halfway line where one ball in behind with a team with as little quality as Chelsea has shown this season, multiple times were able to just literally roll a ball as if it was like like under 10s, like literally pass a ball through and they're through on goal. It's just, it's just really funny to me because if that was Arsenal, I just can't even imagine the sort of shit that Arteta would get off all of these pundits. Could you imagine that, the disgusting low oh, block that Arteta would have introduced oh, if we went down to nine it. men? Inject Could you imagine? It. It'd be Inject like nine it. men across the goal line. It'd be beautiful. And I, I think that's real praised, football, Ange. Yeah, that's real football. We've <laughs> praised we've praised Spurs on this pod multiple times in the last few weeks about how they play. But yep. you have to have a plan B, and you have to have okay. that other dirty side to your game to be able to see out games because. Yeah. You say they were like, clinging for a draw do, yeah. in the context of the game. But the thing that he did by setting up like that is I guess he was saying we're not clinging for a draw. We're all or nothing in this situation. And that's I guess that's what some people are, are pushing the narrative towards braveness. But like even the screenshot that the Premier League Twitter account themselves using, in that moment, that is literally a part where Chelsea went through on goal and if it weren't for Kukurea having zero ball control, they would have scored. Like, literally in that moment, that screenshot that's all around Twitter was literally a Chelsea attack where they completely circumnavigated the high line and they went through and had a great opportunity. Like, I don't... I understand the concept behind what is being pushed. I get where they're coming from in a way. I just really don't agree with it. It's mad. I just think it just shows a a lack of planning for for a plan B, like stubbornness. Yeah, like you think to Arteta and how drilled he is with everything, like preparing for every situation. You'll see in games where we're playing against a really low block, you know, trying different things. Whereas perhaps we were more naive going back years, where it was literally plan A: we'll try and pass, 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 and move him across side to side. If that doesn't work, we'll lose the game 1-0. Like, look how many times that happened in years gone by. Yeah. But then we've changed where we can mix it up. Like, corners, we're so much more dangerous on corners now than we ever used to be. Like, putting crosses in if we have to. The fact that they just stuck stuck by what they're doing, for me, that's not, oh, fair play, you're brave. It's just, you're down to nine men. You could have got potential at work. We can't, we can't really speculate, but well, you see how poor Chelsea against a poor Chelsea side. You exactly. see how terrible Chelsea were against nine men playing a high line. That was one of the yeah. most atrocious performances. Like yeah. a four-one win. You go away from a four-one win, even against nine men. You go like, ah, oh, we've smashed that. Well, like that's a great night. Like, and if you're a Chelsea fan, regardless of that performance, like that's fantastic. Oh, but yeah. from a we'll neutral perspective, it. watching a team. That was horrendous. Yeah, it was very bad. It was the the most inept football I have seen from a team that should be in control for a very long time. Yeah. The thing is as well, like when Spurs went 2-1 down, then it becomes a bit more understandable because they created chances. Obviously, Son nearly got an equaliser towards the end there. So, but at one all, you just enough, have to... Yeah. You have to, you have to change up. You yeah. have to have a have a plan. Every team does it. Every good team does it. Where you're holding on to a lead. I I just think back to Arsenal beating Palace one 0 earlier this season, where we went down to ten. Oh, and that it was, was the biggest shithousery. That was beautiful performance. That and might be one of my game games out. of the season. Yeah, because because we done we done what we had to do to get the win, and that's yeah. what good well, Man teams City do. Side one of my games of the season. Yeah. Oh, oh I loved that. That was. That was just, that was just beautiful. It was but grit. It was pure you, grit. You have to be able to do that. Yeah, and definitely. questions will be asked now. Spurs, will they? They have that side to them. Well, I think they should. They, there has they, to be because they haven't been. The reaction to well, that game where yeah. they've completely capitulated. They've lost their heads more than more than twice because both Romero 
and Udogi should have been sent off before they were sent off. Yeah. So it's a complete head loss performance. And somehow the narrative coming out of that game was all how how brave for playing yeah. this high line. Like <laughs> it's just madness. coming over to our Premier League and really playing this positive football. That's the sort of narrative you'd use with a championship team coming up. This yeah. is a team that that wants to be battling for top four. Like, what is this sort of narrative you're pushing? That's like I'd expect Luton to be having that sort of narrative pushed. Or or your mate down in Bournemouth. That's the sort <laughs> of I know they're not up from the championship, but mm. they're they're down near the bottom of the table. Yeah. It's that sort of narrative you'd expect. Just just back on the red cards, I think we had a conversation on, <laughs> on one of the first pods we done about Romero. Oh, and uh, I was saying I should have listened. You you can't take that element of a player's game away. You can they can they can calm down and get a bit better. And I think the point I used was Xhaka, that he's always got a moment it's of always, headlocks uh... in there, and it's going to come out at some point. And I, I think that that was completely evident yesterday. Now they've got no Romero for three games. They've got no Van de Ven for whoever knows how long. No, Udogi. they've got Madison for whoever knows how long. They've got no Adogi for a game. Oh, relying on Eric Dyer. Relying on Eric. Relying on Eric Dyer in the year of our Lord 2023 oh. is just as bad as relying on Rob Holding in the year of our Lord 2023 <laughs> earlier on this season, oh, or earlier on this year, I should say. That that's the problem as well. When 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 you're doing so well, like Spurs were, but you have the a thin squad. You're you're always going to have that problem. We had the exact same thing when Jesus was out last season, and Inketia came in, a player that we've spoke about quite a lot in recent weeks. Whether he's good enough to be. Let's actually a touch on him again. Us. Again, yeah. now once you've completed your your point, there we'll actually go back to Inketia. Yeah, well, it's up. just that that was it really that you know when when you've not got that quality that's been built up over seasons from being in these title races that's your undoing ultimately which was our undoing last season look at city they've built up unbelievable yeah. depth over the years because they've been such a good side and and players want to go there and yeah, that, yeah that... even ourselves i feel like we're slow i don't think we're quite there yet as no. we're about to touch on with strikers yeah. but we've got a real a real solid a lot more solid depth and we were unlucky in our defensive depth that Timber went out before he even had a chance. But the depth we have in that team is so much more positive. And that is, as you say, that's a big thing that Spurs are lacking. And how they'll react now, they've got a next three, four games where you've got Wolves, uh, Man City, Aston Villa in that time. It's going to be interesting to see how they react. Obviously, you've got the international break there as a, as a little buffer for Madison as an example of an injury. You should be able to get back. He might only miss the one game. They'd be lucky for that. But we say there about Inketia. I'm just, I'm just right again. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, less no victory laps are needed because this is not what I want a victory lap on. But it's the conversation we had before. Inketia as a backup against a Sheffield United, against a Bournemouth, against a lower table team. Amazing. I throw him out there every time against a bigger team, against a team that are gonna try and shut you down like this. You've got Jesus who can unlock a defence. He can he can pull back, receive the ball, play through him. And Nketi just doesn't offer you that. And mm. he basically takes is taken out of the game. And it did happen across the whole front line. That was our biggest issue at the weekend. Was I thought we were fantastic at the back. I thought yeah. we were solid on the ball. Yeah, We were just dead in the final third. And that's why like a draw would have been the correct result. Because Newcastle offered nothing. Like the narrative keeps being shifted that we only had one shot on target. We were dead in the final third, but they offered nothing except yeah. for cheating to score a goal, to put it bluntly. Yeah. It was a nil-nil yeah. game for every stretch of the imagination. And maybe at, at St. James's Park, you'd take that. But for Arsenal, is that good enough and that lack of attack, attacking prowess without Jesus, even with Jesus being a bit of a struggle? I see people mentioning Martin Odegaard. And there's a reason why he wasn't playing a week or so ago before he's now out for the for this new reason. He's not been fantastic. No, he's not. Just just going back to Jesus, I yeah, I think even with Jesus, he's not a striker that's gonna get one chance in a game and score it and win you the game. When yeah. when when the game's nice and open and he can get a few chances, he'll score one of them. And his all round play is very good. And he brings the wingers in nicely, which 
I think, was something that we definitely lacked against Newcastle. 100%. You could quite evidently He's see, even though... Yeah, Newcastle are known for, for just, you know, lumping 10 men behind the ball. But Jesus dropping in does drag players out of position, yeah. which is something we lacked. Although saying that, Martinelli and Saka were both poor. Against a team like Newcastle, as soon as you get that bit of space, you need to play that next ball. Yeah. As soon as you get that tiny, like you've opened them up a small bit, you need that little slide pass in behind. Yeah, you definitely. need You need to be quick and everything was get on the ball, slow it right down wait for extra people to come in and they were just getting reset. So as you say, I think a draw would have yeah. been the right result. Um yeah, Odegaard he's not he he's not really reached the heights of last season as of yet. I'm not too worried about it. I still think he's our most creative player. I'd still start him all day long because he's oh, earned that trust. Yeah definitely he's just going for a rocky patch. But I, I think that's the case across the team. We we spoke about it a few weeks ago, and I, I think a few good results have have kind of papered over the cracks. Really, we've not been at our fluent self. Um, it still feels like a team that's gelling together. Yeah, it it really does, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because the fact we are where we are, we're, we're fourth, three points off top, having not really got fully going like we know we can. Yeah. To me, that's a positive for me because I know that we will eventually. But that's the thing. Happen sooner rather yeah. than later. That's but, the thing. It's yeah. when, if we stay like this and we stay sort of towards that top end, there's a conversation we had before around Christmas. If you're still well in the mix around Christmas, as long as you unlock after that, that's the thing. And it's whether or not Arsenal will unlock that is the key question around them. Because if you can keep ticking along like this, fantastic, fantastic. There's a point where you need to kick on. Yeah, definitely. And it we'll see whether we can put a run together like City do every season exactly. of just looking unplayable and, and winning every game without really getting out of the first gear. So Because yeah. we're going to hope... have to come from behind this year as well. Last year, we were yeah. at the top the whole stretch. Yeah, different, exactly. Different thing different. Although I think last season would have definitely given us an extra string to our bow. You'd like to think so. So to speak. But time will tell. Time will tell. Um, but yeah, we'll be interesting to see. I in in the the wider context, obviously, we've had a good little rant there about um, the decisions and stuff. But not the end of the world. We were going to lose a game eventually. Yeah. Let's be it's honest. about how we um, same with Spurs. Actually, it's good to group them both together. It's now how both teams react. Yeah, and that's something we spoke about, especially with Spurs. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. Is how do they react to a setback? We didn't expect a setback like this. Oh, we <laughs> love it though. But how do they react to this setback? Obviously, you've got Ange trying to give digs out to Arteta in press conferences. Oh. And Arteta made a lovely dig back about getting yellow carded, which <laughs> I very much enjoyed. But in terms of the actual football, it'll be interesting to see how the teams react rather than the managers. But I think we can we can put a line for now under the Arsenal and Spurs games from the weekend. But... It was a good weekend for teams that we've repeatedly shat on in this podcast, kids. It really was. It really Well, I was. say good weekend. Man United somehow won that game. Ugh. Sheffield United, an- another VAR decision. Um, I don't know if you've seen the penalty for that Wolves got, but it was very similar to that one against Newcastle. It it really was. Poor Wolves is, <laughs> is what I'll We're say. We're bloody complaining um, about Get on our train, Wolves <laughs> yeah. fans. Join us. Join the uh, resistance. Join. I, I think we have a 20-minute segment next week for, for a Wolves fan to uh, have a good <laughs> run. They want to so, jump on. But yeah, ridiculous that that gets looked at. It, it goes back, obviously, we're talking from an Arsenal fan's point of view, but the problem is wider. And oh, that's definitely. the frustration. It's, it's continual... Nothing gets done about it, and it's just a never-ending cycle. Yeah. As we said just before, protecting their friends and that's when your referee, yeah, when your referee gets demoted, makes another awful decision, and then gets one of the biggest games in the league, what's yeah. the point? So exactly. yeah, definitely felt bad for Wolves. Uh, Wolves team, we are going to discuss in our predictions segment, who have been on a on a solid enough run, but Everton. I still don't know. I still don't we, know. <laughs> still, still none the wiser. Yeah, and it it kind of feeds into what we said about Brighton, really. How they've yeah. just not, they're just not hitting the heights of last season, and they just can't seem to get it flowing like it was last season. I think it goes back to that point I mentioned last week about how maybe teams are starting to get their number really for, to say that 
they they're kind of figuring out how to play them and how yeah. to stop them getting in behind and the likes of Matoma whereas last season he was pretty much an unknown so now you've got people doubling up on him yeah now um, set up so they don't have that unknown about them that was they had last year whereas now teams are prepared for it so they're you know they're expecting it a bit more i think that's that's been a bit of a struggle for brighton they still have that quality there when i when i watch a brighton game they still have those those moments but it's just not to the same level yeah, it was last season yeah last 100%. season they were dominating games for 90 minutes and this season it's it is in spells so yeah. There was but a conversation. Play Everton again. Everton yeah. are picking up points. Yeah. There was a conversation me and you had before the season started. And it was about Aston Villa and Brighton. And we grouped them together in all of our conversations before. And there was sort of a repeating theme that we spoke about where it did feel like one of them was going to drop off and one of them was going to kick on. And I think I hitched my, my wagon to the wrong horse. I was very, very much that Aston Villa were going to do the team to drop off. But maybe it's going to be Brighton and like we're only we are what ten games into the season or eleven games into the season, but they could be the team that drop off and finish more around the tenth, eleventh mark where I kind of pegged Villa for, and Villa keeping those European places. It'd be an interesting one. But the last team, I think we are we are a right and we are an apology to the Kenilworth Road boys, the Luton <laughs> Dog. We owe well a big apology to. I think your apology should be. Um... Bigger than mine, considering when we spoke about the game, you were just like, yeah, Luton aren't good. So they're going to get battered, aren't they? And I said, are we going to be fair to the Luton boys? And uh, it not. was dismissed. So I think your apology is perhaps a bit of a longer one than mine. But I definitely didn't expect that. So Well, you um, said 5-0. That's all I'm going to say. I did. You I know, said that, four. Was, that was partly out nah, of hope. No, 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 no. Don't be doing it down now. <laughs> but, never yeah. doubt the Luton dog. The thing is, as well, it's not just the result; it's the performance. They were, yeah. they were the better side. Really. Oh, fantastic! I know Liverpool had, had a few chances. Nunes with that, with that miss. Um, he's back. He's back. He's ladies back. And gentlemen. He's back. Um, he's back. Um, and it's like... but yeah, Luton keeper made a few decent stops as well. Nothing unbelievable for me. A few like a few good stops, fair play. But Liverpool, as much as they created, it was never like. They really look like they're definitely going to score. Like they were, the pressure was there, but um, yeah, never, it never really looked like they were it comfortably going to going to win the game, which yeah, Liverpool Luton, do Luton tend to up, look like. Yeah, Luton set up very well to go against this Liverpool team, and then they they battled well against them as well, and they were they were unlucky with a draw in the end. Luton, yeah, it was like really you've well. got to, you've got to be delighted. Well, I don't know if delight is the right word, but you've got to be happy for Diaz in that situation. Yeah. Definitely. Where everything, as we spoke about last week, everything that is behind that to be able to get a goal in that situation must have been a huge moment for him and one that that you definitely give him. But Luton will maybe look at that as two points dropped and you wouldn't have thought that before the game started. We definitely didn't think that before the game no. started. So a, a real solid point for them. It does drag them out the relegation zone as well. So uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll take that for the time being. Oh, it's 100%. early days, but... They definitely take that. They'll take a lot of confidence from that game. Yeah, definitely. Anything else on the weekend, Kiers, before we, we kick on? No, not for me. Obviously, I was quite happy because even though we dropped points, other teams around us dropped points as well with that Spurs loss. Everyone um, in the top five bar City, I believe. Yeah, well, that's uh that that's no surprise, is yep. it really? City the the ever ever presence. Um they had their they little did have Bournemouth at home, in all yeah. fairness. Since that loss to us, they've they've reacted very well. They had that tough win against Brighton, put United to bed, and then absolutely mullered Bournemouth at the weekend. Well, Bournemouth, it's time to go. Well, Ariola, get out of here. I was gonna I was gonna leave that discussion for <laughs> for the next segment, kids, but we'll we'll round off. Oh, I this. just say it every week now. It's, but it's just we'll a round off on thing. this. They've got Newcastle this weekend, and then it's the international break. Realistically. Is it looking dicey? Yes, get him gone. <laughs> My prediction needs to be right. Apart from winning your prediction in, though. I'll be banging the drum because you're you're going on a bit of a victory lap yourself this week. Once that man's gone... Oh, I'm it's going to be insufferable. It's going to be an hour-long podcast about I, how I'm I, the greatest predictor I hope of the our day generation. Before, I hope the day before he gets sacked, 
Sheffield United just time to ha- sack Heckenbottom. I'll be, It'd be great. It'll be great. I'd be I, I would be here and I would love it. I'd love it if they sacked him. <laughs> I'd love it if they went there and they sacked him. Oh, oh nah, mate. Sheffield United have bought themselves some time with uh, with that win, <laughs> so I'm I'm delighted. Oh, so that is all for our review of last weekend's action. So now that leaves us to go on to this weekend, and we'll talk about our predictions, and we'll also touch on. Last weekend's FPL disaster after this. So now we've spoken about last weekend's action, we can move on to this coming weekend of fixtures. So talking of last weekend, kids, we had our predictions and How we mentioned we briefly an FPL disaster. The predictions reflected the chaos and disaster of the weekend in a one-all that's a stinker result the only game we got correct was we both had Brentford to win we had had Brighton to beat Everton it was a draw we had Arsenal to win Newcastle won we had Liverpool smashing Luton it was a draw and I had Chelsea to draw you had a Spurs win and obviously Chelsea won that one so not our our finest but it keeps us uh, back where we were before last weekend's predictions it's still a Um, nine point gap 48 to yourself 39 to me with an overall score now of 8-6 so we now move on Kiers our first game two teams we we touched on in that previous segment Wolves are hosting Spurs the Saturday lunchtime kickoff the danger of the early kickoff the danger of Um, the early kickoff well before Monday night's game, I would have been not predicting this score. Um, but I've gone 2-1 Wolves. Oh, you've gone further than me. Oh. What, what have you got, what I've have you got, got for us? I've gone 2-2. Two, two. I, okay. I was very nearly going with the same score as you, but I think that was maybe a bit of a stretch. And I've gone 2 all. So talk me through it, kids. Yeah, I just think the injuries, the suspensions... And the just overall knock that that would have had last night, I think. And the thing is, it's not just that. Wolves have had a decent season themselves. They've picked up points against teams that perhaps you wouldn't have fancied them to pick up points against. So I think that I think Wolves would have given them a tough game as it is without all the injuries and the players suspended. But now even more so. Um, Obviously, Wolves... Very poor result against Sheffield United. You could say they're unlucky with that penalty oh, decision right, right at the end. Game. But, you know, they probably have fan- like fancied themselves to be at a point where they didn't have to rely on a decision like that yeah. to go against them. They would have wanted to win that a bit more comfortably based on, you know, where what they've done so far this season. Saying that, I just think that general knock that Monday night's game would have had on Spurs... Madison's most likely going to be out. Van der Ven's going to be out. Adogi's suspended. Romero suspended. They don't have great depth as it is. I can just see a Wolves win there. I think based on yeah everything that's happened and some credit to Wolves as well because obviously they beat Man City this season. They drew to Newcastle. They're not a bad side. Drew to themselves. Villa as well. Drew to Villa as well. Um, who obviously are flying. So yeah, I, I think they've got they've got some quality in their squads, and I can see a two-one Wolves win. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. The thing with Spurs, it'll be the thing that we mentioned before in the previous segment. We've mentioned in previous weeks, and even more so now with all the chaos that happened Monday night. Is how do they react? And that will be the very interesting thing. And that's what what title chasing teams do. If you really if you really think you are a team that is going to chase for the title, and we've said before, we don't think they are. We think they're a top four, top five team. And even top five, top top four, top five team, how do you react? How do you react to a loss? How do you react to a complete and utter capitulation like we saw on Monday night? And that will be the interesting thing with Spurs. We always talk about these bounce-back games, Kiers, and I think away to Wolves at a lunchtime kickoff is not the bounce-back game you'd be wanting. No. It's a tough game. It is a tough game. And as you say, it'll be interesting to see the Spurs reaction because if they go and win away at Wolves with, you know, the the setback they've had, then, you know, I, I think that's a very good result for them. And you'd say, OK, they've, they've proven themselves as, you know, top four could definitely be 
in their grasps. Although saying that, it's so tight up there so far this season. So there's a long there's a long way to go. But I think that would be very positive. Although as I as I said, I can't see it happening. I think the Wolves are coming off the Spurs. The Wolves are coming off. The Wills are coming off the Spurs bus. Either. The Wolves are um, coming off the Spurs bus, <laughs> which kind of also works because they're lacking that dog in them. It, it, there you go. There Maybe we go. It's not just pulled together. This. <laughs> It's all coming together nicely. But yeah, I, I see a Wolves win. I see a Wolves win. Yeah, and well, this one of games that Spurs have as well is going to be the making of them or the breaking of them. They obviously have Chelsea Monday night, got Wolves this weekend. They go into Aston Villa off of the international break, then Man City, then Spurs, uh, then West Ham, sorry, then Newcastle. And that brings you yeah. to the middle of December. I think we'll the international see, break will come at a very good yeah. time for them, to be honest. We'll see what the Spurs team are, are made of come the middle of December. If yeah. they if they get out of this one of what? One, two, three, four. This one of six games, if you include Monday night, or one of five games, if you don't. They come out of that with 10 points plus. You'd take that. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely would. They definitely would. Yep. So I've gone 2-2. Two, two. You've gone 2-1 to Wolves on that one. So we'll move on to the next one. We'll go into Saturday 3pm and we've got Crystal Palace against Everton. Yeah, an interesting game. And we've said about Everton's unpredictability. The confounding um, Sean Dyche's Everton. Yes. Ever ever a mystery. I do think Palace will have too much for them. I, I think I predict an Everton loss almost every week. So <laughs> I do apologise. But obviously, as a... never learn. <laughs> Eze um, back making an appearance off the bench last weekend in Palace's 2-0 win away at Burnley, I think is a massive, massive boost for them. Pretty much all their creativity is is through Eze. Um, obviously, picked up an assist as well. I think his return, obviously, he might be able to start this weekend, I think will be massive for Palace. I've gone 2-0 Palace, a solid team defensively as well. Few, few very good players in that Palace team. Obviously, Anderson and Gahey have had a lot of praise already, but Tyrick Mitchell as well is kind of having a good little season himself. Obviously, he scored, scored last weekend that that goal late to make it two 0 They're just a solid team, Palace, aren't they? I think we've we've described them as that classic middle to well mid mid table, table like they're yeah. around tenth, top, top end 10th of the 11th, mid, yeah, 12th. top end of the mid table, hundred percent. Yeah, is where they are, and I think. With that, they'll probably want to be beating Everton at home, and I think they will. Yeah, 100%. As I went into last week, I just don't understand this this Everton team. I thought, I thought I'd cracked it when we looked into the form yeah. and they were going... You convinced me there they well, were due they, a loss. Yeah, they were going loss, win or draw, loss, win or draw. I thought, you know what? I've hit the system here. And now that's let me down and I'm, I'm back to square one on trying to figure out this Everton team who were actually really unlucky with the... Obviously, it was an own goal, but it's almost harsh to call it an own goal because it was a, a deflection yeah. from the near the edge of the box off that cross. But And they were very unlucky to end up not winning that game themselves, Everton. Big game at home as well. They're not always great at home. They almost would be happy to be going away this weekend with their... You compare their away form to their home form. But I have also gone for a Palace win, saying all of that. I think Palace are a strong, hard team to break down. As you mentioned there, having Eze back is massive for that team and their their attacking abilities. I think 2-1 is my Palace shout on that one. You, you uh, just quickly on that one, you'd convince me that Everton would, would definitely lose them based on, on the formula. The formula, pattern. mate. So the, the formula. Brighton... Brighton yet again costing me my accumulator. I'm not happy. <laughs> you got blood in your hands. You need to stop putting... Just bin them off. Just don't put them in your accumulator. Uh, in true in true Kieran fashion, I'll DM you my, my account number and sort code to send me £20, as I once did to Eddie and Ketia after uh, he You've still not got that money? I've not. Eddie. Ketia, if you're listening, I, I don't think he'd want to send me money based on... Uh, some of the comments we, we've had on him. But uh, if you fancy it, Eddie, you've got a few spare pounds. Eddie, my favourite backup striker. <laughs> oh, 20 quid would be appreciated, mate. Come on. 20 quid mate, might make you one and a half. That's all I'm saying. It might. It That's might. all I'm saying. Probably not, but it might. But also 40 kids. would make you number one. I'm a cheap, <laughs> I'm a, I'm easy a cheap to please. Man. You're a cheap date, you are. 
<laughs> I am. I am. You know, times are tough. 40, 40 quid. quid and I'll say what you want. <laughs> any any listeners, 40 quid. That's the price. Any aim. We'll get it on. Any Anyway, Kiz, apart from your your lack of stopping when the fun stops, the third, <laughs> the third game we've got. Oh, I'm having a great time still. <laughs> Bloody love losing me. Love it. Love it. I'd love to go there and lose that acker. I bloody love losing thirty two p in my accumulator. There's a lot. There's a lot of Kevin Keegan references today. There to is. be fair, the same Kevin Keegan reference just a couple of times. Yeah, Some would say we're hammering the joke into the ground. If I we keep disagree. saying it, it will eventually be funny. Is you just what bring I'd it say. back round. Hundred percent. It's, it's a law of averages. <laughs> At some point, it's got to be worth oh. a laugh. The third game we've got kiss. No one to Sunday afternoon. We've got Liverpool coming off that draw to to Luton, and they're playing Brentford after beating West Ham. Yep, um, obviously great win there for Brentford. Um, we obviously both went for a Brentford win, but West Ham's by no means an easy game. Obviously, they've had a few struggles in the league recently, but they still got a lot of quality in that team. Saying that, I think it's probably the worst possible time to play Liverpool. They'll be pissed off, no doubt about it. They've they've drawn against Luton. I think they're going to come back very strong and want to be proven a point. I've gone 3-1 to Liverpool. Brentford, definitely not an easy game, but it's a, it's a completely different ball game playing Brentford away from home as it is when yeah. you're playing them yeah. at theirs. Um, they're definitely very much one of those sides that every time they play at home, you can see them winning or at least getting a draw, even when the big teams go there. And I think that's been proven over the last couple of seasons. But away from home, it's at Anfield. Liverpool will be out to prove a point. I can see a 3-1 Liverpool win in that one. Yeah, I can, I can definitely understand that. I've got 2-0 Liverpool myself. Yeah. Liverpool, a bit of a weird form recently. They had... Two wins, two draws, and a loss. Obviously, that that loss being the Spurs game. So, whatever stock you can put in that, I'm not so sure. But mixed form, nonetheless. A couple, of, as we say, a couple of draws thrown in there, along with a couple of wins. And Brentford, three wins in a row. Two of them against teams you think they're going to be coming up against in terms of position this season. Beating West Ham the last game, when that game started, they were ninth and tenth respectively. And before that, they beat Chelsea. And then just a solid win against Burnley before that. As you say, going to Anfield's a very different story. If it was reversed and it was Liverpool going to Brentford, you'd maybe look at it a bit differently and you'd maybe even yeah. go for the classic Kieran-Brentford draw. <laughs> oh, it's but, the banker. I would I have think, done as well. I actually would have done. Get that on the acker. But get it on. I think on this time, I think Liverpool 2-0. An easy enough win, I'd say, this weekend. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Now we've got number four. Another Sunday 2pm game is West Ham once again playing the team just below them or just around them. Obviously last week it was 10th and 9th against Brentford. This week it is 12th and 13th against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, a a very, very good win for Forest last weekend. Beating Villa 2-0. Villa absolutely flying. It was as well. It was. Villa were just off the mark, really, which you've got to expect. Villa... Where they are, it's hard to keep up with just winning every game. They're going to have their off days. Forest, I think they needed that, to be honest. They've not really done a lot this season. And, you know, they are, they're they're struggling in the most part. But, yeah, very, very good result for them. I think they needed that. If, they, if they'd lost that game, they'd be down in 16th, I believe. So, I think that just goes to show what a, what a result that was for them. Um, yeah, 100%. against a Villa side that have just looked brilliant. Martinez will not want to watch match of the day back. <laughs> we love and uh, respect a Martinez howler. Oh mate, that was and what a howler was it was. That did you was see? Very bad. Did you see the clip that was going around alongside that with the Reading seven five League Cup game where he made basically the same mistake? I did, and it's like you wouldn't expect this guy to have won best keeper in the world um, at the time. Men- mental that he won best keeper in the world for this year. I know it really is just uh, World Cup based this year, by the looks of it, though. Yeah, but to be fair, he he is a top keeper, but but he's yeah, not number one. He's, he's not number one. There's he's not even number one in the prem. Allison no. and Edison are easily. I'd easily have a I'd have keepers. a debate around him being top five if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, but there you go. The 
that uh the whole Ballon d'Or ceremony thing's not exactly uh yeah very true. the most most accurate is it at times I mean Jorginho came third in it once didn't what guy <laughs> exactly what are you talking about oh yeah Archie no he was robbed should have been top better than Messi I am well, do you remember that year though is people were were actually saying he could win it he could win it or he should win it and well, I no real merit just because no. he had a Champions League and a Euros. <laughs> That's, it what? just shows. It's just trophies. Yeah. Alvarez, as much as I rate him, was like fifth this year just because he had a mental. World Cup and Champions absolutely League. Absolutely mental. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But back to West Ham Forest. But Henri, Henri um, never won it, so it don't count. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, back to West Ham Forest. Doesn't count. Back to West Ham Forest. I've got one all in that one. Um, West Ham really need a win. One um, win in seven, West Ham. Yeah, they they need something. I can't see them winning, if I'm honest. I think Forrest will be full of confidence um, after last weekend. But on the same foot, West Ham do have quality in their team. And yeah, I, I think they'll cancel each other out. I've got one I'm on a, that one. I'm a big fan of on the same foot as rather than on the same hand. Ah, we, we use hand. all we we don't discriminate against body parts here. On we, the same finger, all. on the on the same facial. On the same shin. <laughs> On the same kneecap. But as you say there, Kiz, big win for Forrest last weekend. A Forrest team who only have two losses in their last eight. Those losses coming against Liverpool and City. Their biggest issue has been the level of draws. They've drawn four times, won twice, lost twice in their last eight. So we're going back to the form that did me so well with Everton. And I've got a 2-2 draw in this game myself. Both going draws. We love to see it. We've we've looked at each other's notes once again. <laughs> the final game we've got, Kiers, is the Anthony Taylor Classic. He did so well in the Championship. He's back. He deserves it. He does deserve it. And for anyone that disagrees, yeah, fair enough, I back you. Sunday, 4.30, <laughs> we have Chelsea against Man City. So the big question on this, Kiers, is how do you react when you've played poorly, but you've won 4-1? To be honest, I, and then you I don't play think I don't think it needs any context because <laughs> Chelsea, no matter what happens the week before, they just continue to be average. City are very good. They're going to win the Arsenal game. They were they were class for about seventy five minutes of that game. That's true. Although teams turning up just against Arsenal and no one else is nothing new, really. True. Is it? That is heritage. So, been seeing it for years, but yeah, four one City. Um, City are good, Chelsea aren't. Job's done. <laughs> Great analysis. Done. You're welcome. My analysis is basically the same. City are basically since we beat them, they've they've mustered through that Brighton game and then the last two they've looked fantastic. We poked I've got the bear. they with exactly that. We poked the bear, we made the Baldman angry, and I've got three one to Man City myself as well. So not not far off of your prediction. I don't quite see the squashing that you have there, but as I say, not far off it. So those are the predictions. We'll see if it is any better than the absolute disaster that was last weekend. But there are some Probably other games. Worse, can it? Nil, well, nil all, nil all, a tight nil all. <laughs> Bring it on. Tight nil all, and then in the last minute, you'll just decide, ah, do you know what? I'll have a point, and you'll get one. Because because all of your all of your money for this podcast comes from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so the other games we don't have... expose me like that <laughs> no one needed to know the other games we've got coming up this weekend Arsenal are looking to bounce back against Burnley Man United going against Luton at Old Trafford you've got Bournemouth against Saudi sorry against Newcastle you've got Aston Villa <laughs> against Fulham and you've got Brighton against Sheffield United any games you want to touch on there kids? Now, now, don't be salty. We love Newcastle. <laughs> As I said earlier, rattled, and I'm not even afraid to admit it. Fuck them. Oh, fuck them. Fuck them. The Geordies have officially tuned out from the You pot. can... But I am going to go... I'm going to burn the 24-hour Greggs. Potweld, get out. <laughs> I You're, take it all back. Going to go up to a to a 50-year-old biting the T-shirt off an 18-year-old <laughs> and give her a slap. Done. <laughs> It's game over, kids. The war That's is beginning. The, the war against Newcastle is on. I'll be there. I'll be <laughs> no there. Matter no what. matter what. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, Weekend games, anyway. Love you, really. Um, we, we don't. No, um, no, absolutely not. 
Yeah, be interesting to see whether Luton can produce the same level of performance away at United, who obviously United, arguably, although I'd say most people would agree, uh, are, are terrible far worse side than Liverpool. Um, this season, I'd argue anyway. a worse side than Luton. <laughs> Very true. So hopefully, for Luton's sake, they can. Uh, hit the heights again, because I do really think United are there for the taking every oh, time I see them play. So potentially Luton could scrape a result there. So it, although we, I think we, we say the same thing on United every week. They're, they're just bad, but they yeah. they just seem to be able to pick up a few results. The fact we're only six points ahead of them is disgusting, by the way. But um, at this point at this point in the season, sure, kids, you're not going to be a million miles away and some of the, the shithouse wins that they've got to basically keep them within arm's reach is why, them, is why they're there. But they at this point in the season, you're not going to be, yeah, you're not likely to be like 10 plus away from a team. So we've just got to continue winning and I reckon we will pull away from them by Christmas time. I think United are, based on what I've seen so far, I think United are where they're going to finish. Eighth, seventh, that kind of, yeah, that kind of region. It's going to take a lot for them to get anywhere near the top four, top five, top six, even with what I've seen so far, they've been absolutely atrocious. Yeah. They're just, they're just not very good in, in all honesty. Other games, none Villa, Villa really bouncing back. Jump out too much. I, yeah. I see Villa winning fairly comfortably against Fulham, to be completely honest. Fulham have looked quite lackluster in pretty much every game I've seen them play. This season, obviously, losing 1-0 against United last week. They didn't really they show... They were lucky in that game, though. They were, but they just... Like, with Fulham, I just see them and want to give them a bit of a shake, really. Because they just... There doesn't seem a lot of go in them in the games I've seen them play. I know they've picked up the odd result here and there. But I think we spoke about Fulham before, that they'll win the games that perhaps they yeah. should win. Um, and they'll lose the ones that... They'll, level, they'll probably level out about... Side. Yeah. Level out about 13th, 14th. Yeah, they won't be in any real trouble. No. But yeah, I, I think Villa will definitely bounce back. Although saying that, obviously, it is a, a European week. So yeah. there's always the danger with um, all the sides, really, that are in Europe. Not just Villa, because they have a slightly thinner squad. But any side that's playing in Europe, there's yeah, always 100%. that danger of the the infamous European hangover going into the weekends. But yeah, I see Villa winning that. So... Yeah, no, no, none of us that really stand out for me this weekend that we've not spoke about. Fantastic. Well, we'll see how the rest of those games get on as well as the weekend goes on. But we'll end this week, is Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, FPL. With some FPL. Can you please just oh. announce that there's no other way to start this segment by getting a points total from you. And just to caveat, Mine wasn't much better, but your <laughs> score, I genuinely think, is an all-timer. It's it's a it's a hall of famer. It really is. Um, over to you. Um, I would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone that has put me in the position I am in. I'd like to thank the board for their support, but I am going to take this moment to walk away from the club <laughs> and throw myself off of a very short pier with a very long walk and a couple of bricks attached to my feet. Rightly so as well, may I? 13 points! <laughs> hey! Sorry, can you just uh, repeat that for the people in the back? 1-3, not 30, not 1-3, <laughs> not 30, 1-3. Three, three. 13! Okay, so averaging about a point a player then, is it? <laughs> just over so that, bad. just over that. <laughs> so uh, I don't think it's sunk in until, my until captain we're having got, this My captain got two points. I don't have a player that got over two. But the worst bit, oh. the worst bit is on my bench, I've got Cameron Archer on nine. I've got oh. a player with with nearly two-thirds of my total score on the bench. And not first sub, not second sub. Third but sub. last sub. Oh, Justice for Cameron Archer, please. Oh. Um, Romero wow. minus four. He wasn't even on the pitch when they conceded three goals. <laughs> he didn't concede he's, four. He conceded one. Give me my minus that. two. He's got to hold that, I'm afraid. Uh, an absolute disaster. It's one of those <laughs> oh. where I think if I if I wasn't on this pod and we weren't tracking it weekly, I think that'd be it for me with FPL. That's the, yeah. it's that level of week. It's a sort of week that are just 
I'd be like, what's the point? It is bad enough to make you reconsider life itself. Um, oh, it has. It's been a long weekend. It's been a long weekend. Let's just say not much better for myself. How the average was 32 this week, I no, don't I really know. Um, because... I guess if you've got like a... No, because was it Son that scored for Tottenham? I can't remember now. No, so I've got Son. It was Kulisevsky, uh, wasn't it? He blanked. Yeah, it just an absolute City players, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you got an Akanji or an Ake? Or I know people brought in Foden as well. There's a lot of that talk over the weekend. When did you get rid of Akanji? Because I'm sure you had it. Oh, a long long time ago. Okay. Similar frustration for me. I had Trippier as first sub on my bench with nine points, which was annoying. But obviously, I wouldn't have started him against Arsenal. So there was no real thought about starting him which softens the blow slightly yeah. it's those that's the thing those with 50 with us, 50 yeah. decisions that are the most annoying 100%. um sure the same for you you, you wouldn't have thought to start no, it was so. never starting so um for me couple of players returned Swang he chan getting an assist for wolves got me five points and then gay five points as well with a clean sheet although he did get booked um Everyone else. Gahey finally bringing some points for Gahey you on, finally, this, and on finally this week started. of all weeks. I know. The the one shining light. So thank you, Gahey. I finally put my trust in you. Although I started you over Trippier, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your thanks is take the small Take the small win, kids. I'll take the small win. Um, what was your total points? 22. 22. So oh, an absolute stuff shocker. Of dream, the stuff of dreams for me there. <laughs> The fact I'm able to gloat over a 22-point oh. week shows the, the level. Um, and I'm still clinging on to top in our mini-league. Are you league. top? I am joint. I'm joint top, but I, it, I'm still displayed as first. You'll take the, it. You'll uh, take graphic. it. So as I seem to say every week, I'm still top, so I'm not going to focus on the points. I'm happy. League toppers still remain top, but I think a week that, by all accounts... Should be swept under the carpet. Yeah, we move and on now. Forgotten forevermore. Um, 100%. I'm sure we're not the only ones. Yeah. Um, with a real week to forget. I, I think this is an all time. Oh, it's an all time disaster. I've never seen in all the like... years. Yeah. If, in all the years of doing fantasy, I've never seen. I've never seen 13 points anyway. Oh. So. I, I saw someone. I saw someone that had one, and I felt better. Because they had like what? they had Romero, they they had a the couple of, as well, maybe. Yeah, they I think they had the both of them, and then they had a couple of players who who didn't play. I can't remember what the team was now, but it was one point total. The lowest like active player I saw was nine as well, because I saw a I saw a thing I saw a thing on TikTok that was like, look at this, the worst squad I've ever seen. I was like, fuck, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> You've been outed on TikTok. You just and see then, yourself. And then I saw nine points. I was like, oh my God. I started Relief. getting a, I was like, have I just been mugged off? And, oh. oh, you know it's bad. If that if it gets to that <laughs> point, you should definitely stop playing FPL. Um so it's a big I've not had the greatest start to the season anyway, but it's a big bounce back now. So we move. And this weekend though, kids, any any I know we're early on, but any transfers, any thoughts? I've not, I've not had any movement yet. I'm probably going to wait to see what Big Ange says about Madison. Yeah. Harland also showing as yeah. potential doubt, although I've seen he's back in tra- in training now, so I'd imagine he'll still be okay. Uh, Matty Cash as well, another player that's picked up a knock, but likely he'll probably still be available. So Madison is probably the main one I might end up bringing out if he's if he's going to be out for the foreseeable. But yeah, other than that, I'll probably probably just that I'm happy enough with my team, despite the disaster of last yeah. week. I think it, it was a real freak. It. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Although saying that, Martinelli's on on his last uh his last legs as well. Yeah. Since I brought him in, he's literally returned nothing for me. So Yeah, I've I've gone a double a double transfer on defence. So I've taken out uh-huh. Romero and I've taken out Dan Byrne is out injured with his back. I think till January 1st, it's showing us. Okay. I've brought in Kyle Walker as a starter and Tyrek Mitchell as sort of an in-between. Nice. I think on the back of a 13-point week, if you're not making transfers, there's problems. No, the, the, bulk, the bulk of the team I'm backing. This weekend, another interesting captain choice. You've got Salah, you've got Saka, you've got Watkins. They're, they're my three. 
I don't yeah. think I'm gonna I'm gonna captain Haaland. No, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, you know, go for a different one. Haaland yeah. disappointed me last week, and I think it's time to go a bit bold yeah. with the captain. All, all captain choices disappointed last weekend. But yeah. Do you know what way you're leaning now, Kiers? Last last question before we round up. I don't, to be honest. I've not fought through the FPL enough. Yeah. Obviously, if I make a transfer, then whoever I bring in might would likely have a favourable game. So there's potential. Do I go bold with Martinelli? That's a that's a thought. We've we've obviously got Burnley at home. You'd expect us to win comfortably. So that is a potential one. But I will wait to see nearer the time and uh, see what I'm thinking. We will see how the week goes. So that is all for this week. Kiers, as always, thank you for joining me. Pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening. And we'll be back next week. Don't let the elevator